Welcome to The Kindness Project, the podcast designed to share stories of kindness and share how kindness can make positive change in our world, one small act at a time. This week on The Kindness Project, we talk about the marathon, car climbing, and we have part two of our interview with Andy Freeran from the Carlisle Vineyard Church. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to The Kindness Project. I'm joined by Kel, who thinks a good gift is the book of the film that I hate the most in the world. It's Charlotte Dames. And we are joined live and in person by the man, the legend. He's wearing a shirt today, which is a bit of a shock. It's Russell Dames. How you doing, Russ? I'm fine. How you doing, Charlotte? I'm doing good. And we're joined by a man who let one film colour his opinion of Nicolas Cage. It's Chris (laughs) Dames. Nicolas Cage is back, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't spoke about Nicolas Cage, uh, the actor that I think is the luckiest actor in the world because for a man with very little talent uh, and but bad choice in selecting movies, he's done all right for himself, hasn't he? I like some of his movies. Don't be dissing on Nicholas. Uh, uh, I like some of his movies, uh, but um, uh, I don't like the one that you got for me, which was Gone Away or whatever. It was an accident. Left Behind. Gone Away. Email out boxes on. Left Behind, which is one of my least... No, not one of mine. The least favourite film I've ever watched in my life. I'm a visual graduate in the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. What's the least favourite film you've ever seen, Charlotte? I don't know. No? I've seen a lot of films. (laughs) How about you, Russ? Uh, Topless in Seattle? Um, Mm. uh, I thought that was sleepless in Seattle. It was, not for you, though, because you like to take your shirt off, didn't you, Russ? That'd share be, that story in the podcast. That'd be this on Zoom, wouldn't it? <laughs> I thought we already shared that story in the podcast. I don't know if we did, to be honest. I think we might have kept that on ourselves. Anyway, ladies and gents, how are we doing? What else is going on in our lives? You've got a big thing tomorrow, haven't you? I am running, ladies and gents. By the time you um, listen to this, I would have run the London Marathon. Um, I'm we're recording this on the Saturday. Saturday for me is a rest day um, because uh, I've got uh, quite a long run tomorrow, and um, I am yeah, we, I'm I'm doing twenty six miles tomorrow, and I'm really looking forward to it. Um, but it does give me an excuse. But I've put quite a lot of training in, to be fair. It does give me an excuse to eat whatever I want today. Yeah. So I've gone out for a fry up. Uh, I might have a. Double decker sandwich for lunch, <laughs> and then I'm gonna have pigs in blankets and um and quite uh so basically so basically normal. What do you mean no? <laughs> what do you mean normal? I don't normally have a pigs in blankets for dinner. But double decker fry up for lunch sounds pretty basic. No, I normally have an omelet, don't I? <laughs> but the state of the kitchen, you wouldn't know it was just an omelet you made. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it was just an omelette, but yeah, thank you, Charlotte. Yeah. Um, uh, so we've been out for a fry up. I'm gonna have a. Um, I'm, I'm gonna have. I'm gonna make a steak in the kitchen just to make a sandwich. I have um, to clean the kitchen. You are not making a steak. I wonder how much mess I could make by just <laughs> doing a sandwich. Um, I don't know. I, Knowing I, you, you could destroy the kitchen making you know, a sandwich. You know what I'm gonna do? Just intentionally, I'm gonna slap a piece of ham on the ceiling, um, just so that you've got. <laughs> I will not be able to. You will be taking the ham off the ceiling. No, I'm going to blame you. 
I'm going to say to man when she gets in, Charlotte's been slapping ham at the ceiling. Well, no, considering the only ham we have is meatless ham at the moment, I wouldn't even go near it. Yeah, she would. Yeah, she would. It's, it's vile. I yeah, wouldn't. you hate it so much you're going to chuck it at the ceiling, <laughs> and that's my reason for you doing it. Anyway, um, the... Um, the this week's question in the podcast. Well, what's going on in your world? Russ, talk to us about. I'm visiting, obviously. You down? Yeah, yeah. I'll come to see you run in the London Marathon. Yeah. Uh, it's been busy at work, and we moved overseas, yeah. didn't we, Russ? We so moved we've, office, we've had a bit yeah. of a we've had a bit of a busy week. But what we did find ourselves doing is yesterday waiting a long yeah, time oh, yeah. for the IT man to come and sort out the internet in our new office. I've waited nearly two years, well, actually probably a bit more than two years to run the London Marathon because of this little thing. I don't know if you've heard of it, COVID. Um, have, you, have you heard of that COVID oh, stuff? Oh, you mean coronavirus. Coronavirus. Have you heard of this COVID stuff, Russ? I have, I have. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, Tomorrow is going to be the opportunity in two years to get that done. So I'm really excited, um, uh, but have waited a long time to, to do yeah, it. Two years. Um, uh, so the, today's question of the podcast is all about waiting. Sorry, Ryan, are we boring you? Why, why, uh-huh. are you, why are you yawning in the middle <laughs> of the podcast? What is going on with that? <laughs> Apologies. <laughs> I mean, nobody ever saw the yawn. Just the sound of your voice so <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, Podcast listeners, unofficial question of the podcast. Do I make you yawn? Uh, we'd love to know. You wake me right up with how loud you are in my ear. I know, I know. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, so the question of the podcast is, um, uh, what, what have you waited for? What's the longest you've waited for anything? We would love to know the answer to that. Uh, Charlotte, what are your thoughts? I was thinking about when we had the situation of when Soph came um, and I'd been asking for a little sister and you and mum said it wasn't possible. And then after Soph came and I was like, so is it dog time now? True, true. <laughs> yeah, we, we said that you can have a little sister and then we said, uh, what, uh, what are you asking for next? <laughs> Top class education. Top class education. <laughs> yeah, well, you might get that. You might get that. Russ, what have you been waiting for? I don't wait for many things. Oh, no. No. On demand for you, Russ. <laughs> mainly IT. Do you, do you get whatever you ask? <laughs> mainly IT. Mainly the IT men and phone calls from you. Well, I, 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 I tell you what Russ did. Uh, he doesn't respond to his messages he either, does, Russ. does, he? Oh, right. I, I, right. Ladies and gents, <laughs> like any relatively busy person i'm sure we have a few listen to this i try to manage my time as effectively as possible by being proactive and i'd hate to see your voice i I once opened your text messages and you had 200 unopened text messages how do you do that how do you have 200 unopened i don't read them um uh, i I rely on Russ to read all my messages (laughs) and then he just lets me know what i need to know that is true no it's an easy yeah um but um, Russ had the perfect solution to wait for the IT man yesterday. <laughs> he just had a little nap. <laughs> Sleeping. I, I walked into the office. Cassie, but my mum went to me. Um, I did. He's just having a little snooze in the corner. I was like, productive. <laughs> I've been busy, like, sort of meeting people yeah, and doing stuff. Yeah, what can stuff. you do without Wi-Fi nowadays, I eh? True, true. It was terrible. So, so what we'd love to know, listeners, is... Um, Write in your journal, just... 
the IT man has yet to come. This is the only productive use of my time anymore. <laughs> how, how would you write a power nap? Just Z. Yeah, just Z. Z. And why is Z the letter of the alphabet we use to describe sleep? Don't know. Don't know. Get some Z's, didn't you? Because nothing else starts with a Z. Zebra. Zebra. <laughs> Zebra. Maybe zebra stands for sleep. What? Sorry. No. What, what do we do when we want to go we to sleep? Sheep. Do we count zebras? No, we don't. Well, I do now. <laughs> That's my new religion. Russell's yeah, making the executive decision to count zebras. Russell, Russell is changing the rules of sleep <laughs> by not counting sheep anymore. Counting zebras. That's, I, That's I quite I a black don't... and white approach to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, a... I can't count stuff to go to sleep because I lose count and then get frustrated about myself losing count. 192, 100... Oh, God. We're going back to one. Anyway, <laughs> going back to the... Uh, like moving away from the revelation that Russ counts zebras. Zebras or zebras? What are we going for? Zebra. Zebra. Um, uh, when he sleeps. Uh and the fact that Charlotte's just stolen all of my IC um, literally poured the entire cup that I haven't even drank right in front of I you. haven't even had a drop of yet into her cup and started drinking it she didn't wait till you walked away I know, I know, just that, that blatant stealing of an iced tea I don't know what's I going made on. you that iced tea, it's uh, mine uh, you should ask yourself yeah, though, you're I'm, talking too much if she's busy I mean, I mean I'm trying to, I'm trying to host the podcast She's just sitting there chilling with her iced tea. Um, Actually, this is my second. Um, but we are going to give we are going to give Charlotte a job while I drink her iced tea now. Tell us where where our listeners can answer the question of the podcast. Oh right, <laughs> that's mine. Somewhere online, if you don't. Okay. As well, Twitter, we're at All Our Kindness. Um, on Facebook, if we just type the Kindness Project into the search bar, we should come up. On Google, it's the same, just the Kindness Project in the search bar, and we should come up. The website is www.thekindnessproject.co.uk. Um, the email is honor@thekindnessproject.co.uk. And if you want to personally get in touch with Dad, to... <laughs> don't give out my phone number. <laughs> I don't know your phone number. <laughs> to um. Slander him about the fact that he drank all of my iced tea. <laughs> I, I feel it. I feel a little bit nauseous now. I drank the iced tea too quick. <laughs> um, I don't know what your personal Twitter is either. It's... At Chris Dame. So it's at C H R I S D for Delta, A for Alpha, E for Echo, M for Mother, S for And Trigger. you can go and badger him about stealing my iced tea. Yeah, please so... do that. Hashtag who's pinched your iced tea. Um, uh, can we just have a big shout out before we move on with the show? To um, we had a little nice note on Insta uh, this week, didn't we? Oh yeah, I got tagged in it. Yeah, um, I don't remember who sent it though. Oh, good, good planning. Yeah, um, we well, are, I didn't know we were going to bring it up. We are among the top ten podcasts um, of um, of a little WhatsApp. Uh, sorry, a little Instagram. Um, I think, uh, I think page based in New York Greeks app. Um, we are um, one of their second, actually, in their top six podcasts. So as you listen to this Greeks app, 
Um, thank you very much for the mention. We and really thank you for it. tagging me in it. I didn't know people could easily access my personal Instagram, but uh, clearly. But fun. yeah, thank thank you for the mention. We really appreciate it. Shall we? Get on, yes. So we've got some kind news news this week. So we do, you want to yes. do the uh, you want to do a little jingle? Oh, don't delete it. Kindness news. And the first one is Reading Barber who gives free haircuts to Afghan refugees. A barber has been helping to put smiles on the faces of Afghan refugees by giving them free haircuts. The men who recently arrived in Reading from Afghanistan were treated to a trim by Barber Wahid Wallah. Ula. I don't know where the W came from. The refugees said they were grateful to receive the service in the midst of their worry for family left behind. Mr. Ula said he was inspired to offer free haircuts two times a week after cutting the hair of a homeless man. Amazing. Great. You know what? What we need is just a few more people doing small acts of kindness like that, and the world would be an infinitely better yeah. place. Not that Russell needs a haircut at the minute because he's got the shortest hair in the world. <laughs> not me, hair, again. Not me, any not shorter than your hair, mate. Well, Dad, Dad, well, if I was going to shave my hair, that's a bit short, isn't it? That is a bit short, yeah. yeah. That is a bit short. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What did you get? A zero all over? Uh, yeah, blade all over. Damn. Blade. Damn, I was just going to go for a number two. I mean, clearly, Russ, you've got too much hair because when you get to a state like mine, you're grateful for every shred of hair you've got left. And you're just taking it for granted. You um, can have mine if you want it. I don't want it. What are you going to do with it? Well, I'm going to put it on my head. Super glue it on and back. The next one is... Uh, ri- uh, now, this is an American story, so let me translate for uh, the English audience. Realtor, which I think is an estate agent in the I UK, uh, transforms abandoned properties into tiny home villages that give permanent housing to the chronic homeless. A realtor in Missouri is determined to make her hometown a city where no one sleeps outside. For nine years, Linda Brown and her husband David organised a nightly drop-in shelter where homeless people in Springfield could eat, shower and do laundry, use a computer and socialise during bingo games and karaoke, but they wanted to do more. So they transformed an abandoned mobile home property into a village of tiny homes that provides permanent housing to the chronically disabled homeless. They raised $4.7 million and opened Eden Village in 2018, erecting 31 tiny homes that are now occupied by people like Jonathan Fisher. He was battling substance abuse and had lived on the streets for two years when he met Linda Brown, who changed his life. In the worst of moments... In the worst moments of my life, Linda gave me guidance, care, and made me feel like I was still worth something, Fisher said. He says that Brown took the time to learn about how he became homeless, and then encouraged him as he rebuilt his life. She even offered him a job. Now sober, Fisher worked full-time for Brown doing construction and maintenance on 31 homes, and helping others experiencing struggles similar to what he went through. The driving book philosophy behind Eden Village is the same view as the housing first movement. The root causes of a person's homelessness cannot be thoroughly addressed until his or her immediate housing needs are met. It's interesting uh, with homeless, because we've got a, a sort of homeless issue in the UK, yeah. um, but there are countries who subscribe and have a, had success from that housing first principle. You know, give somebody yeah. a bit of dignity and and the own and it, it doesn't work for everybody because each person's got their own reasons for being on the streets. But offering somebody a roof over their head and something they can call 
um, home. home then inspires dignity and the ability for people to, to start to rebuild their life. What do we think? Yeah, yeah I, I definitely agree. Yeah, good stuff. All right, well, that's it for Kindness News this week. Let's move on to uh, the second part of our interview with the legend, the man, Andy Fearon from the Carlisle Vineyard Church. Now, Andy is an inspirational sort of fellow. You enjoyed the interview, brother. Yeah, I did. Um, uh, and he talked about the work he does in Carlisle, um, helping support the community and make Carlisle a better place, uh, one, you know, one kind at a time. So let's listen to the second part of Andy's interview. And I suppose, I suppose part of the reason that I wanted to chat is because I heard about the sort of give a day for the CT project that you do. Tell me a bit about that. Uh this is one of my favorite things because you would love it and if you ever want to come on and hang out for some of the time you'd be so so welcome so this started... can i can i bring a kayak so i can go for a little kayak on the lake because listen cause that is one of my favorite things to do okay listen we're renovating an old house and we've got space for you and your family to come and stay oh we can oh, even do a amazing. house swap or something we're going to be Perfect. friends for a long time. So there'll be some beautiful places for you to kayak. Um, you're so welcome. And um, yeah, so this idea of give a day, it, it kind of started actually, I remember maybe 12 years ago, I was sitting with some other church leaders talking to our MP at the time. And everybody's questions was about what can the MP do for us? And I just kind of got thinking, ah, oh, I wonder if we've got this the wrong way around. No disrespect to the MP, but the MP, they can only do certain things. They can only have mm -hmm. a certain sway. Um, and so this idea kind of began to bubble in my heart. But, and it simply is, it's the simplest of ideas. It simply says this, what would it look like if each of us looked in our hands, looked in our hearts and gave away that one thing for one day. So if you're a builder, you give away, you build, like if you're a brick, skills, you yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if you're a bank manager, wow, that, that's different, you know? If you're a business leader, what, whatever you've got in your hand, whatever resource you've got, what would it look like to give that away for one day? And there's something within us, Chris, and I'm sure you've seen this, there's something within us as people comes alive when we live a life bigger than our own. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and, and I used to think that Give A Day was all about delivering these big projects. To be honest, the actual projects has gone to the bottom of the pile of importance. And we still want to deliver the project. But we've realized that the... Um, the connectivity with people, the community part of um, kind of like this community task. You know, we want to get the task done, but we want to build community. Yeah. We did this one project, and this was a beautiful project. Carlisle has flooded a number of times over the years. Right. And um, in 2005, 2006, it flooded again. And there was a number of properties that were not insured no fault of their own because if you've been flooded within 10 years it's really hard to Difficult get into to, yeah so we we um uh man I, I, i've got to be careful because i can feel my heart uh, welling up 
loads of people were doing Andy, stuff. just so Sorry. you know, right, I, you are allowed to cry. I ah. cry on the podcast all of the time. So so if, if you feel it, feel free. Well, part of the thing is I, I can I can see stories. I can see people, you yeah. know. Yeah. So part of what we were doing, and, and we were not alone, like the floods were the worst for some people. But, you know, the floods also bring out the best in the city. So Carlos saw the worst of the storms, but the best of the people. My, me and my boy, so I've got two kids, Noah, who's 14 now, and Anna's, who is, who is 11. So this was like, what is that, six, seven years ago, six years ago. And um, one evening, because he was, it was December time and he was cold, we were going around some of the homes that had been flooded, and the flooding had gone up. Like, they filled the whole living room. You can imagine how scared you'd be. You're upstairs and the water's coming up. So even today, we've got people in Carlisle who are scared when it rains because they're like, when will it finish? Anyways, we went to this street that had been kind of overlooked and forgotten by people. And I said to my son, listen, I don't think anyone's there. Let's move on. But he knocked and he waited and we had these little Cadbury's chocolate fingers. It was nothing. It was like a quid. But this house, um, the torch came on upstairs. This guy came downstairs. He's in his 60s. And he opened the door. And he just looked white, um, like scared, anxious, nervous, looked like he hadn't slept. And we just said, listen, my name's Andy, this is Noah, and we just want to let you know that you haven't been forgotten. And we handed him the one pound box of chocolates and something magical, something spiritual, something happened in that transaction between my um, boy, he was what, nine at the time, handing it over. Suddenly that box of chocolates became a box of courage. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. We, we built a friendship with this guy and I remember sitting outside of his house a couple of months later thinking of things like DIY SOS. And then I'm like, why not Carlisle? Because Carlisle is a bit of a bypassed place. People will say, oh, Carlisle, I, I, I bypassed Carlisle. And I'm like, Carl, yeah. you're not bypassed. You're you're not. Yeah, a, yeah. Like a you dead. see it on the motorway sign, and yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and sometimes that kind of gets into the people a little bit. And I'm like, come on, we're Carlisle. Yeah. So it wasn't that wasn't the starting point of giving it, but through Carlisle ambassadors, they were so generous. They just opened up the platform and said, Andy, come and share your heart. Come and share, give a day. And I just. Love said, it. come on, Carlisle, what, what's in your what hand, what's do? in your heart, give it away. Yeah. This girl, Melanie Taylor, incredible lady, um, she's a HR, amazing expert. We we met with Miriam Lowe, who helps lead Give A Day. Oh, I'll tell you, just without Miriam, Give A Day would still be in my heart, and I'd be running around frustrated. Miriam, well, look, we, 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 we've already spoke about this, Andy. You need people who can organise you really well. If you're an ideas person, you need somebody to go, you know what, can you? Can we get this done? And they go, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it sounds like you're, you're Miriam's part of, that, part of that thing. Oh, absolutely. So, Miriam, we do Give A Day. We are 50-50 in this. And she'll say, Andy, you came up with the idea. I'm like, yeah, but you 
you'd done something with that idea. Anyways, we met with Mel um, in Sainsbury's um, food bit. And she's like, listen, I'm happy to get involved in Give It Eight. If you anything you're wondering, and I'm like, how do you feel about renovating some properties? And she's like, I'll give it a go. And we said, well, listen, we don't have cash. We don't have anything, but we've got loads of encouragement and we think you can do it. Anyways, she eventually got 35 individuals and trades to come and help renovate this house. Something like 37,000 pounds worth of stuff just got done. And I remember being part of it in that week and, and, you know, loads and then friendships have happened from there. Yeah, and this guy said, um, he said, listen, I wouldn't wish to go through it all again, but having met so many good people, I, I wonder if it's been worth it. I, 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 it's, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because we, again, you know, one thing that comes up uh, on the podcast, particularly over the last sort of year or so, because um, we, uh, you know, uh, the challenge you've got is when you think and talk for a living, um, you just wonder what you can do practically to help Andy. So I, I, I felt that during the pandemic, um, uh, that we could sort of do some kind of project lives on Facebook, and we were sort of doing sort of loads of loads of stuff um, during the pandemic, but. Um, interestingly, you talk about the floods, and I'll apply that to the pandemic as well. We were hearing about people being so generous and kind during periods of crisis that um, that you know you'd never wish a crisis on anybody. But actually, and I don't know how you've found it, but tough times sometimes bring out the best in people, right? Absolutely, absolutely. I, I feel like COVID's been a, a magnifier. Yeah, like yeah, it, yeah. It kind of madness. So, so if there's isolation already there and yeah. loneliness, um, then that will be magnified. Yeah. But um, and and there's a few little things like so. I I found the start of COVID really hard because, and I, I'm careful how I say this, but in some ways, and obviously all the personal heartache, like nobody wants to see that happen at all but with a disaster you're kind of like okay we can serve you we can do something but the start of covid i'm kind of like okay give a day here's how we're going to love our city we're going to stay home yeah yeah and i felt like not that yeah. i'm batman but i felt like the bat came what could you do yeah yeah but then but then i'd imagine i'd imagine that what you helped with then had to adapt tell us a bit about that yeah, so what we so we've done loads of different projects, and and one of the things are, Chris, absolute heartbreaking. A couple of years ago in Carlisle, in on Dixon's chimney, there was a the the most heartbreaking situation where a gentleman had climbed the chimney in the middle of the night and he to to take his own life. It was just the most heartbreaking thing. Because the, he, he, the gentleman slipped at the top and, he, and he, he got into a really predicament where he was crying out for help in the night and, and people weren't able to rescue him. And, and so sadly, the gentleman died. But everybody in Carlisle, not everybody, but so many people saw this and there was like traumatic 
just it was just traumatic to be around Carlisle at this stage. Mm. And one of the ways we're like, well, how do we serve our city? How do we love? How do we come alongside? So one of the things that we did, and this is where Carlisle City Council, they they gave us like a thousand pounds to help make this happen. We we got small white bags. Yorkshire Tea heard what we were going to do and they gave us pallets of tea. McVitie's Biscuits heard what we do and they gave us some tea, uh, biscuits. And we put some little cards of courage in there. We put some sweets in there. And we went round to a thousand households around the chimney. We knocked on the door and said, listen, you know the heartache that's happened. And we just want to let you know that you haven't been forgotten. We see you and you're not alone. Love it. And we just said, listen, if you need we're here and then we talked to the people at the cafe at the bottom and they gave us a room and we just created this space to talk really now i'm saying that because when covid happened we realized that this mental health is just going to be a like a tidal wave really so again miriam the marvelous wonderful miriam she pioneered this idea of space to talk so nearly every friday during COVID, we've been in Carlisle City Centre with a team of people who've been trained as listeners. Partnership with NHS, Carlisle City Council, and this small team of people give away a couple of hundred bags of courage every Friday. And we say to people, hello, have you had your free bag of courage yet? And of course, some people would be like, no, what is it? And other people are like, what? I've never got out for now. <laughs> What's that? You're tricking me or something. <laughs> but, you know, it has led to so many conversations. And we'll just say, hey, how's COVID been for you? How are you? And um, I'll just tell you this quickly, Chris. You know, sometimes when you have no idea what you're doing and you think, oh, it's just a bag of courage or it's just a... You know, somebody's writing a little postcard with somebody and people who are listening, you know, they've done good deeds. They've knocked on the neighbor's house. They've called somebody when they felt prompted. They've done these little acts and you think they don't really matter. Well, I just want to encourage every single person, no matter how small your action, no matter how short your text, no matter how small and insignificant you think it was, it can be absolutely life-changing for someone who receives it at the right time. And we know we know this in, in, instinctively because when something like that happens to us, we appreciate it, don't we? You know, it's one of those things where you go, but it's just keeping that in mind that, you know, however small that you believe that kindness, uh, act of kindness is going to be, somebody's going to appreciate it. So, you know, a few weeks ago, just before we headed off on holiday for a couple of weeks, we were just packing things up. And this lady came and she said she found Miriam. And then Miriam said, Andy, come and come and listen to this lady's story. And this lady was already in tears. And, and she started to say, I'm here today to say thank you to you because you don't know. But two weeks ago, I was in such a dark, dark place that it was potentially going to be my last day or two. I had a plan and I was going to fulfill it just because the isolation and the loneliness were just crushing her. 
and someone, she was walking through the town centre and she heard this little voice and she was trying to explain this little voice. And she said, I, I can't even begin to explain this voice because it wasn't just a voice. It was like a, a, a light or, 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 a, or, a, or like a, a help or, a, or a, a bit of hot. She couldn't quite describe it. But some the voice had simply said, have you had your bag of courage? And somebody then just gave her a bag of courage and talked to her for a few minutes and said, listen, you're not alone. We're here every Friday. And she came back to say, that saved my life. Love that. So that's the second part of Andy's interview. We've got more from Andy next week. We had part three. Yeah. We've got part three of Andy's interview next week, um, where you can hear a lot more about uh, the amazing work Andy's doing. And I'm pretty sure that we said that we'd get Andy back on. Um, we did. To, to tell us a bit more when it, when some of the projects are completed up and running and, and moving forward. So um, we look forward to that. Uh, and let's get on with the show. Let's do it. never truly the end because the end is always the beginning of something entirely new i'm supposed to get this up i i i like the way you just casually looked at your elbow when you did that i mean it's that was um really professionally done and you've done it so much i'll just have a little look at the elbow while i'm uh, while i'm I'm saying it the end is not really all all but smart right anyway Anyway, last week's question of the podcast is that Mal. Last week's question of the podcast is that Mal. Last week's question of the podcast, um, uh, Spotty Elbow. Uh, I had a breakout on my forearms in the week. Spotty, it's just been Spotty and Molly, I'm here, here with. Um, uh, um, uh, we asked last time, because um, we are looking at universities. They're all out. I, I have my top five, yeah. We've got our top five. We... Um, all our open days are virtually booked. booked. Well, four of them are booked. I need to book the last one. Yeah. That's the virtual one. So. Yeah. So so we are on the hunt for the right foot university for you. Yeah. And I thought it would be a good question to just ask, what should we be looking for? What factors mm. did you consider when you went to university or when you were helping your kids decide so uh, or grandkids or uncles or aunts or cousins or brothers or friends or um dogs. lovers or, or, the man or, dogs, next door. or the or the bloke or your neighbor or your neighbor anybody else you might want random people you find on the street <laughs> <laughs> random people anyway anybody you've I've got, held I've got up to a random person on the street and say look this was what i wanted to do for university <laughs> and this is how i decided yeah, just just wander up to a random person in the street and go you're going cambridge <laughs> <laughs> um, you could be well in projects you work in your masters yet? yeah you got your phd yeah <laughs> no genuinely i i know mum laughs um and i will be Potentially, one day, Doctor Dames. That's what I want. I'd love. I'd love. That'd be I'd, amazing. I'd love. I'd love to get a PhD um, in in something. Um, oh, that'd be fun. Yeah. But the, that'd be but the, challenge, the challenge you've got, and this is like sort of part of the issue. Um, uh, 
how long can you stay in academia? Forever. Well, I mean, I know people who stay in academia and they just go on teaching and stuff like that. I don't want to teach. No, but there, there is a point where you've got to sort of enter the real world. Put, put down the writing utensils. Yeah, and actually go out and, and do... <laughs> Do something in the real world that adds value, and I'm I'm not saying academia doesn't add value, research doesn't add value, um, but um, it's only to, for some people. I'm digging myself a hole. Let's hope we don't have many academics. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I am an academic. Um, I just don't want to be a professor. But we, you know, you know what? We all. I mean, I think we all sort of know the benefit of focusing on improvement and learning and development in this uh, podcast. We love your academics. Just. I don't know why you spent your life doing it. Um, right. I can I can definitely understand why you want to spend your life. Doing but spending um, uh, spending time at university is what we're looking at, and we got a bunch of different answers. Chris Bud said, "Choose a city that looks like the most fun." I think he meant fun. Um, yeah. And choose somewhere that is least a two-hour train journey away from home. Now that is a factor that you're. Included. It's not two hours; it's one hour. But yeah, a lot of the places are like over an hour away. At Not Advisor eighteen twenty five on Twitter said, "Personally, I'd look at the student satisfaction on courses. Speak to people who've just finished and got different opinions." Some felt the Russell Group unis did not always give them as much help as, uh, so that they may be a consideration if important, but best to just visit them and check. That was the thing I didn't like about the Russell Group universities, was that they were, they don't post their student satisfaction. Yeah, it's like, a real one, isn't it? If you're not yeah. going to post your student satisfaction, then are your students actually satisfied if they don't get to actually... Well, I, I think only I think some of the Russell Group universities do post... Um, students yeah, but, but Oxford and Cambridge don't. don't. Um, it's a bit concerning. Um, and just out of interest, what are you doing right now? Are you picking your elbow <laughs> or doing a podcast? Both. All oh, right, okay. Um, I can multitask. Well, multitasking um, is a fantastic. You brought it up, and now, now um, it's now it's on my mind. Um, you, you talked about it, and now I can't elbow stop thinking always about it. on my mind. Right, Charlie uh, said I wouldn't overthink it. I visited three universities, could only pick one. And ended up going to a different one. Personally, I wanted to be in a proper city. I wanted to be far away enough from home and in a new region. And I didn't want a long commute from August to uni. All good points, Charlie. Thank you very much. Gareth James said, distance from home was a factor for me. As well as whether the uni had societies and teams that have reflected my mind. I have looked at that for a couple of years. Go on and tell us. Um, Remember that week in Cornwall? We was it week or ten days? I don't remember. Anyway, um, we were away for that week, and I was like, you know, I just and that, at that time I only really had one clear uni on my list, and I looked at all the societies they had. And what was that? Stoke, wasn't it? Strathclyde. Oh, no. I thought it was Stoke. No, no, it's not even you're on not, my list. You're not, you're not looking no, at Stoke. No, no. Okay, yeah, I did. I did look at <laughs> the societies and the groups and stuff as well. Yeah. Did you ever look at the? Um... <laughs> London School of Economics. No, they don't want to do economics. Oh, no, they do. They do psychology. I don't want to do psychology. They do journalism. I don't want to do just pure they do, journalism. They do journalism and creative writing. No, they don't. I oh, know they don't. <laughs> um, right. So, um, uh, so Gary picked his university because they had an active American football team. Are you looking for an active American no, football team? No, not really. <laughs> Russ, are you looking for an active no. American football team? Um, I reckon Russ. Well, no, I am big enough to be a fridge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you not remember the guy? Oh, well, I once, 
I once met the fridge. Yeah. I, there was a. Well, you've met me a few times. <laughs> yeah, your your mother. You berated me this morning about kicking your bed. Well, we were we were we we were talking about when we were both kids. Um, right, we had bunk beds, and Russell used to kick the top bunk of my bed to um just to annoy me basically. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah. And you kicked me today as well. Did yeah. I? Well, I was trying to grab the remote control. I, I wanted the remote control. I've got a marathon tomorrow, <laughs> and you kicked my leg. It must just be something to bear you, mate. Hold on, oh. I didn't intentionally kick you. I just kind of, you came to grab the remote, and I was like, right. See, I assumed, I assumed I was lovable. Everybody other, everybody else's behaviour means I'm just kickable. <laughs> um, Dan, Dan Fred said, I remember sitting my UKS form and literally picking somewhere based on location distance from home, but easing getting back, and it's nightlife. And Andy Ferran, who's a friend of the show because he's, uh, he's, he's, um, he's our interviewer, uh, this week has commented and said Cumbria University is located in the most stunning location and um, within the Golden Dre- uh, Golden City of Dreams, aka Carlisle, which is part of my story. What's not to love? That man loves Carlisle. Clearly, yeah. um, he's really plugging Cumbria. Richard Richard Bishop says. Um, dependent firstly on the course and on the proposed career. Um, Steve Dad, Steve from the gym, who's a legend, just went campus bar. I don't drink. Um, uh, <laughs> what campus bar does the best, best Coca Cola? <laughs> Carol Hartley said, local area, is there enough to do? Cassie Dane said, how quickly. <laughs> How quickly mummy can get there, very important. No, it's not. No. How's eight hours? um, Phil Fitzgibbon said, number one, academically, choosing a university proven in your subject profession of choice. Two, culturally, choosing a university suited to your ideals and values. Three, independence. It's a huge leap into into living more independently than choose somewhere that allows you to flourish being honest with you yourself about what you want and need. Number four, financial. I do have a saying. Boring, I know, but it's always important, as you know, to consider the long-term financial impact. I have a pension. Leave me alone. <laughs> I've got a pension. Oh, can we talk about it? We've got Russ live. No, right? no, can, no. I t- can I tell you how, Russ, how, ex- how excited Russ is to have a pension? Right? Yes, Russ. Oh, yeah. Russ. Well done, yeah. Feeling the pension love. This Zoom call three weeks ago. Um, Russ, that was quite pleased. Russ, yeah. how you doing? First answer, fabulous. <laughs> fabulous, right? Fabulous. I was like, Russ, why are you fabulous? I've got a pension, haven't I? He was that excited about having a yeah, pension. Wait, did you not have a pension before? No. He's I never had a pension. Never had a pension, no. But now, now he works for the family firm. Got to have a pension, yeah. don't they? Uh, yeah. um, Everyone needs a pension. You can legally start a pension at sixteen. Why not? Yeah. I, but the, the the interesting thing is, I spent half my working life um, not talking about pensions, but including pensions as part of the plans that I build for clients. I don't get that. So I've never called a pension fabulous. Russ, <laughs> on the other hand, loves a pension, didn't you, Russ? Just the expression poetry. I love my love pension. No, I love pension. <laughs> <laughs> you love your own pension. Okay. Sean Rivers said, um, location, not something I, I, I considered, and I've been to five or six universities, 
Um, it's good to visit and see what it's like on the grounds. If I if I'd visited Bournemouth, which I did consider and discounted, I would have signed up in a heartbeat. So location and go and visit them. Dave Forsdyke, who's a friend of the show yes. and uh, ex guest, um, uh, particularly during lockdown, we used most of his content, didn't we, when we Thank did our you. live shows? Thanks, Dave. Really appreciate it, mate. Um, uh, it's all about a course content. Course content. I drank that IST really quickly. B gut feel for the social side and accommodation. My three eldest all chose their uni because of the course and the uni ranking for that course. Plus, they had a good feeling about the accommodation and social side. Matt Ageton is uh, going through this too, uh, and he's looking at the course, uh, university reputation, location, and uh, met, like campus feel, and does it offer the sport and other extracurricular activities? What extracurricular acti- activities would you, would you look for? They've got a, a board game society as Trespires. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay, yeah. There is, I'm not going to go out and drink. I'm just going to go home and play board. Well, we before we before you do go around, I know we've got some time. Sophie and I, it's Sophie, really my dumb. youngest, my youngest daughter and I, went out for a day of summer to a place in London, certainly worth a visit if you're um, in this part of the world, called Leak Street Arches. Now it's near Waterloo, um, uh, and if you go under it. It's got the most amazing graffiti art. Oh, yeah, I've been there. You did? You have been there? I have been did there. Did you go to the ball game cafe that's at the bottom of Leap Street Arches? <laughs> We've got to go there because it is amazing. <laughs> um, I think they've got about... Cluedo? Well, no, they've got Cluedo, but they've got like 700 different ball games. Okay, and it's called Drafts. So um, thank you, Drafts, for looking oh, after my... us too much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, bar bar and ball games, amazing. That's what I found Teddy the other day. It's got pretty amazing. It's a train that takes you under the the old post train. We've been on it. it. Yeah, it looks amazing. Yeah, yeah. So that's um, that's another tourist London tourist destination, the Rail Mail. Yeah, yeah. Um, And you can go on the train that was used back in the day to cart um, post all around London. Yeah. Um, it is absolutely brilliant. Sarah Lou, back to the university answers. Sarah Lou said, "How much is the rent in houses after all's have finished?" And we'll uh, we'll be looking up with Tom, uh, Sarah's son, after Christmas. Uh, Francis Barrett said, "I actually got the feeling when I was choosing the universities. I went to a lot of open days around London and outside of it. And when my dad and I visited Plymouth, we just knew that that's where I'd be." To the point that I hadn't got a place yet. My dad was asking me about the local swimming pools for me to get a job. Sam Chilton said modules, exam or coursework, which is one of the factors that we're taking into account. I started off doing a straight history degree with a minor in sociology, and then um, uh, it became a joint in the second year I did a straight degree. Availability of work, which is a fair one. Um, And I think actually if you do end up going to Scotland... Um, that that in Glasgow that should be pretty uh, available. Uh, degrees are important, but part time work whilst you study, uh, I think, is invaluable. Very few degrees require forty hours a week on a course. And Kevin Hull said, course content first, within a reasonable distance from mum and dad. L two chose Sheffield, um, both completed now, and think think they think they made really good choices. Yeah. And that, my friends, is it for another... I've really enjoyed myself today. Who, who else yeah. Put your hands up. 
This is a podcast. We will see you, my friends, next week on another jam-packed episode of The Kindness Project. Have a lovely week. Bye. Bye. Bye.